this situation. He took a pinch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Jimmy's Bob Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers. We know it. Ask me about my winner. Just a reminder that it's DFA, not DFA'd. Designated for assignment is something that you hear happen in baseball. And certainly over the course of August and September of each year, you're going to hear teams trimming players off their roster either to bring up other players or maybe to bring in um, players back from the injured list or bring players um, you know, up from the minor leagues. And you hear designated for assignment. And we try to use the acronym. Just make sure you get the acronym correct. It's not DFA'd, which means designated for assignment id. It's designated for assignment. The single season home run record belongs to Barry Bonds, who is also the all-time leader in home runs in baseball history. And the word championship should be changed to Bill Russell. Because there's nobody that exemplified what a championship means in the world of sports. There's nobody that won more championships than Bill Russell. He won an Olympic gold medal. He won two high school championships, two two championships in college, playing for San Francisco. And, of course, is known for the 11 out of 13 years worth of NBA championships with the Boston Celtics. And another word that I like to change to mean to, to be something else Sports broadcasting, if you're going to use that as a verb, call it scully. Because nobody exemplified what it meant to broadcast not just baseball, but all of sports like the late Vin Scully. So around the baseball trading deadline, the Rockies, the Colorado Rockies, made a decision that a lot of people that like baseball and follow baseball say, hey, it's just pure Rockies, not having a clue, not doing necessarily what you said. Right, You're the sports fan. You're going to tell which teams in baseball should sell off their players and which players should, excuse me, should be more aggressive and go out there and get better players. And then there's this weird uh, bolt of energy that exists among sports fans and baseball fans because they believe that the teams that are good around the trading deadline in baseball should get better at the expense of the teams that aren't so good. In other words, if you're having a bad season, that means you should sell off whatever valuable players you have and get back whatever the other teams want to give you. And Bud Black, the manager of the Colorado Rockies, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have the quote in front of me, but said something along the lines of, yeah, sure, any player can be had in regards to trade. Certainly if if you're part of a team that doesn't expect to win in, in a given season, you may be more inclined to move players uh, to another organization to try to get some talent back. But what if you're not getting that talent back? What if what you're interested in is getting better, getting somebody, a player or two, that you feel good with, you feel like you could build your organization and get better over the course of the next series of years with, and then the teams on the other side aren't looking to do that. The teams on the other side are looking at players that they don't want. They're looking at players that they don't value very much. And they're looking to just, hey, move a couple players, whether it's guys off of 40-man rosters or guys off of AA and AAA rosters that they don't expect to do very much over the course of time. But they say, hey, if we could get rid of them and give them to you for a player that we see a lot of value in. 
So the Rockies were in that situation with Daniel Bard, and I think he saw it. I don't think there's anybody that looked at Daniel Bard and said anything more than he, he'd be a sneaky good acquisition. And, a, and when you say something like sneaky good acquisition, that means the cost you're expecting to be is very low. And if you get to a point where other teams value Daniel Bard a lot more than they're saying when they're discussing the potential of making a trade with the Rockies, then that's bad business. And if you're the Rockies, you have the right to be able to operate your organization however you want. Now, people will say, hey, if you didn't trade Daniel Bard, that means that you're a bad team and you're going to be bad for the next couple of years. And if the Rockies struggle to lose and lose 90-plus games over the course of the next three or four seasons, which, I don't know, I mean, you use some conventional wisdom and say at the very least it's possible, then a lot of those people will be right. A lot of people will say, well, the Rockies are bad because they, they don't know how to handle the trading deadline. But what team was going to give you a legitimate, you know, top 10 you know, forget about top five. I mean, we understand that nobody was going to give up a top five prospect for Daniel Bard. Because, we're, I mean, we're sitting here, we're literally talking about Daniel Bard right here. But was there a team out there that was that wanted Daniel Bard enough that was willing to part with a top ten prospect? Because I bet if that was the case, the Rockies' approach would be different. Which gets me to my point. My prolegomical point that I'm going to make on this show is teams are expected to give up players at the trading deadline in baseball, in some cases trading deadlines in other sports, and nobody really cares about what they get in return because they're a bad team. And to get rid of Daniel Barr to get something for him did not work for the Rockies. The Rockies signed him to a two-year extension. Yeah, it's going to take him up into his late 30s and you, know, you wonder, you know, the whole story about Daniel Bard being out of baseball for as long as he was, uh, was at one point a pretty good prospect with the Boston Red Sox. You're wondering, was he going to be a starter? Was he going to be a reliever? And it didn't work out there. All of a sudden, he couldn't find a strike zone. And he's out of baseball for a while, gets his career back together. Maybe he's got a couple more years. The Rockies had a closer over a decade ago by the name of Rafael Betancourt. Came over from the Indians. Um, ended up missing an entire season and came back and showed the Rockies something in his late 30s and early 40s. So maybe Bard could be something like that. But if the Rockies value Daniel Bard enough to want to keep him around for a couple of years, then yes, it's going to take something more than just your trash or whatever it is that you don't want in your organization to be able to get a player like that. So that that's point number one. Point number two, Deshaun Watson. And I brought this up a couple times because... Uh, this is one element of this whole discussion that isn't getting brought up at all. Uh, you, you know, there's no wavering, there's no debate over whether or not Deshaun Watson was wrong in what he did. Uh, did he deserve more than a six-game suspension? We're going to find out. The NFL appealed it. The NFL believes that the independent arbiter that made the decision to suspend Deshaun Watson for six games uh, was a little lenient on him. And they're looking for an indefinite suspension. They're looking for something bigger. Um, you can't debate whether the, or not the person was wrong. Does he have the right to play? That's another thing that should be brought into the mix. But the other element is the tangible acts that he was accused of. And I will add, no charges were pressed against him. 
He didn't have to face a judge and jury for any of these charges. He settled a, a series of lawsuits. In fact, all of them except for one have been settled. And I'm not trying to make Deshaun Watson out to be a good guy, but the tangible fact of what he did is he went to a massage parlor, many massage parlors, and may have taken liberties in regards to what he was asking for in addition to the massage. Now, on the surface, this seems like it's 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 bad optics. Well, why would you go to a massage parlor and expect anything more than a massage? And guess what? The reason is, is because there are many rub and tugs out there across the country. And you may not want to hear this. You may not be interested in hearing this element of it. But the fact is that these places exist. There are massage parlors out there whether they're local, whether they're national, that include extracurricular activities that are in addition to a massage. So my question is, why are none of these places under any scrutiny right now? When you're talking about Deshaun Watson, who probably at some point went to one of these places that performed such activities, got whatever he wanted to, got that happy ending per se, and then went around Houston expecting every other massage parlor to be able to offer the same services. Now, the problem with this is because there's no place that has the words rub and tug on the outside of it. It's not, hey, we could get a massage and he could also get a happy ending. It's not part of the menu. It's not on the door. It's not on the list of services that are performed. These are usually professional places, but have underground codes and stuff that are that are done. Now, I'm not saying this as a person that's ever gotten one. I've never gone to a place like this, but I have friends that have. Um, I know of places that actually do it. So why are these places not under scrutiny? at a point where you're talking about the general public's interest in destroying a player right about to enter the prime of their career. Now you can talk about the women and the fact that they were, you know, not respected, and I agree with that. You know, nobody should be a masseuse and have somebody come in there expecting that you're gonna perform whatever acts they're they're asking you to do. It's not a brothel. You understand that? You know, we're not talking about prostitution here. But where these ideas come from are the fact that there are places throughout the country and throughout the world that offer these additional activities. You want you want to get a, a back massage and a hand job, there's places you could go to. I could call out names of places that you could go to if you want to do. You you may you'll you'll have to pay a little extra. But you know what? The people that are doing it have no issue with it. The women that are performing the acts don't have an issue with it because they understand that it's part of the way the place has set itself up. Now, is that every a way every massage parlor should be? And that's the easy answer. And that's how that's the part of the conversation where I'll see myself out. I'm obviously not going to be in a spot to tell you that any massage parlor should be able to do that. And if a person, if a woman decides, 
you know, real clearly says, hey, this is not the way we do things here, then you should put your pants back on and either get the massage or just walk away, which is what Deshaun Watson ultimately should have done. And that's what the debate over a six-game suspension or anything that the NFL is looking for, an indefinite suspension, perhaps, as it goes to court, maybe there's something in between. Maybe there's some agreement that's, um, that comes across between the Players Association and the NFL. Because now it's between them, no longer really about the rights of the women that were impacted here. And Deshaun Watson, I mean, how many times does he have to be told no before he keeps going to other places to say, hey, do you guys perform these services? Like, you know, a, a college graduate that's out there trying to you know, get, a, get a job in the world in a medical profession or as a masseuse or trying to start their own massage parlor doesn't, doesn't need to be bothered by this. But if you look back in history, and like I said, I can name names of places that offer additional services other than massages. I don't frequent them. I don't go there. But you know what? If somebody wants to get a hand job, all they got to do is go to one of these massage parlors that have no problem doing it and aren't going to complain after because everything is done under underground. Last thing I wanted to bring up today. A little simple thing when it comes to baseball, and I think maybe part of it has to do with COVID. But there's been a change on the catcher catching third strike big strikeout and it used to be you know, you'd watch anybody from the 80s and certainly before that catcher simply catches the ball rolls the ball out towards the pitcher's mouth doesn't happen anymore now catchers want to throw the ball around the horn like the inning's still going on and I, I don't know why that bothers me maybe maybe I don't make any sense maybe it's maybe it's something that you're just like hey just what are you, what are you even talking about catcher throwing a ball around the horn when the inning's over. I don't like that. You know, are you switching baseballs between innings? Probably. You're not using the same ball. That pitcher's going to pick up the ball, probably switch it with another one. But at least that pitcher has that option. You know, you're taking a ball out of play. Certainly leaves uh, possibilities that balls could get marked up. Or, you know, how does that impact it? You have the same ball. You know, you're noticing that there's a little bit of a mark on it. Hey, let me take this ball out of play. Or how do the balls get back in play? Is there something that's being manipulated through the catcher throwing the ball around the horn that team kind of keeps the property of the baseball and uses it when they want? Listen, I just I think it's I think it's stupid. I think I'd like to see a catcher in Major League Baseball just simply catch strike three and roll the ball out towards the mound. That's all. That's all I want to do. Listen, we're going to be recording different types of videos that aren't related to the world of sports over the course of the next couple weeks. Uh, I'm going to do another past ball show. I don't know when. Uh, obviously, we're brought to you by JohnPLA.com, by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. You could check out the past ball show, whether it is through iTunes, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, videos, of course, on YouTube, SoundCloud. We'll be back with you. Uh, I don't know when. Maybe Saturday, maybe before. But like I said, keep an eye and an ear out for some videos where we're going to get in into just the, the world and little things that bother me, pet peeves and stuff like that. 
and we'll see if we have a little better traction with the videos than we do with the the past ball show videos that we've been sharing over the course of the past i don't know half a decade god bless you and as always i'll see you on the other side